Alpha and Omega, the story we find ourselves in. Chapter 2, Rebellion Against the King. This beautiful story of beginnings takes a sudden and terrible turn. It's like there was a breathtaking sunset of brilliant colors that is overtaken by the dark clouds, lightning, and swirling winds of a life-threatening storm. Adam and Eve were in the garden, enjoying life with and for God. But there was another there, the serpent, Satan, or accuser. He is an angelic being who led a rebellion to overthrow God and take his throne, but was defeated, banished from heaven, and thrown to earth where he seeks to entice every human being to join his rebellion. Satan is a created being, not an evil equivalent to God. Though powerful, he is limited and not eternal, all-powerful, all-knowing, or present everywhere at once. We don't know exactly when this battle for the throne of God took place. The beautiful angel Lucifer, who became Satan, pridefully wanted God's throne and glory for himself. He gathered other angels to join in a rebellion against God, which was crushed by an angel army led by the archangel Michael. Lucifer and his rebel companions were cast down from heaven to earth. He hates God and across history has opposed God's rule, purposes, creations, and loves, seeking to steal, kill, and destroy through lies, deceit, accusation, and attack. In the garden, Satan tempted Eve to disobey God's one rule or boundary, the prohibition of eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He tempted Eve to doubt God's word and mistrust his goodness. How? Satan exaggerated the demand of the rule God established. Did he say you couldn't eat from any tree in the garden? He lied about the consequences of disobedience. You won't die if you eat the fruit. He deceived her into believing that God was withholding blessing and that there was more freedom, power, satisfaction, and joy available to Adam and Eve than in anything God had provided thus far. He knows that in the day you eat it, you'll be like God. And Eve fell for the lies. She followed Satan's suggestion and ate fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She gave some also to Adam, who was right there the whole time and never offered a word of rebuke, correction, or protest. With one bite of the fruit God had forbidden, Eve and Adam became the first humans to sin, to rebel against God's rule and reject his love, which introduced sin into the bloodstream of humanity and painful brokenness into the experience of life on earth. They both knowingly rebelled against God's rule and chose to pursue the potential happiness and satisfaction of heart on their own terms apart from God. Since God is a perfectly holy king and just judge, he could not allow such rebellion to go unpunished. He judged Adam and Eve guilty, and passed a sentence assuring that they would experience the horrific consequences of their sin. Adam and Eve experienced guilt and shame in their souls, resulting in an immediate change in their relationship with God. When it came time for their evening walk with Him, they tried to hide from the all-knowing, all-seeing God. When God sought them out and examined them, Adam blamed the woman God had given him. So for the first time since the wedding, there was a growing selfishness and tension in their marriage. The very creation itself was broken. 
so that instead of a blissful paradise, the experience of life on earth became a difficult struggle. Their bodies would now grow tired and sick and would one day cease to exist. Rebellion against the giver of life meant the humans forfeited life and faced a just death penalty. They were separated from God's presence and banished from Eden. An angel with a flaming sword was placed to guard the gate back into Eden, which was both judgment and mercy, because if their separation from the source of life were left unresolved, it would result in an eternal separation from God. This is a profound and thorough brokenness for both of their lives and of the world. We call this the fall because with one choice, Adam and Eve ran away from God's love and fell from trust in God to suspicion of Him, from glad obedience to His commands to intentional rebellion against them, from rest in God's provision to a struggle to produce enough to survive, from intimacy with God to banishment from His presence, from enjoying God's gift of wholeness or shalom to trudging through a world of brokenness and pain, from unending life to certain death. But the impact of that moment didn't affect only two people. Beginning at the moment their teeth sank into the forbidden fruit, Adam and Eve's sinful choice got into the bloodstream of all humanity. Like a virus, sin, along with its brokenness and painful consequences, has been passed from one generation to the next. Every human being that followed Adam and Eve, and that's all of us, is a sinner and has in some way made the same sinful choice they did. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Which means that from this point, not one person in all of human history would live the Imago Dei life and purpose that God designed. And that means that the world and all in it are under a deadly and eternal judgment. But, at the same time that God judged Adam and Eve, He cursed the serpent and promised his destruction from the seed of the woman. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This is called in Greek the proto-euangelion or the first announcement of the gospel, the good news message which articulated God's promise to redeem and rescue sinful humanity through the seed or child of a woman who would one day come to destroy the serpent. It is the first prophecy of the coming of the virgin-born Jesus as Savior of the world. Adam and Eve left the garden to make their way in the world. They had children, two boys, Cain and Abel. But you may recall that in a dispute over worship of all things, Cain murdered his brother. The brokenness of humanity was not diminishing. It was spreading. In time, the sin, wickedness, and violence in human thoughts and actions became so great that God's heart was grieved and he regretted the creation of humanity. He determined to judge the earth and everything on it. The global flood was an expression of God's wrath against sin and his judgment on sinful humanity. So, no, It's not a children's story about a floating zoo. 
This is a global flood caused by 40 consecutive days of torrential rain that covered the entire surface of the earth to the highest mountain and destroyed every person and living thing on earth except for those preserved in the ark with Noah. Noah was the one righteous man whose family was saved from God's judgment in the global flood by trusting God and obediently building, filling, and entering the ark as God commanded. In a world where wickedness of thought and violent action was growing, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. At the Lord's word, he began building the ark, a large three-story tall boat, as an act of faith. It's an act of faith because there was no immediate threat, for no one had ever seen a flood of this magnitude and it appeared that life would continue as it had forever. But Noah kept building. As the time drew closer, Noah obeyed God and placed two of every kind or species of living creature, one male and one female, in the boat, along with the food to sustain them through the flood, to keep their offspring offspring alive on all the face of the earth. God's plan was to rebuild his created order after the flood. So just before the rains began to fall, Noah, his wife, his three sons and their wives entered the boat along with all the animals. God sealed them safely in. And the rains fell and fell and fell until the waters increased, prevailed, and increased greatly on our earth so that the highest mountains were submerged under 23 feet of water. As God had said, after 40 days the rain ceased, but all flesh died that moved on the earth. Bird, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures, and all mankind. Everything on the dry ground in whose nostrils was the breath of life died. God blotted out every living thing. Even after the rain ceased, it was nearly a year before the flood subsided and the earth had dried enough that Noah and his family and the animals could emerge from the ark. They immediately sacrificed and worshipped God. At that moment, God initiated the Noahic covenant, which was God's commitment of love to never again destroy or judge life on earth by a flood that was sealed with the appearance of a rainbow. God blessed Noah and his sons and reissued to them the original mandate for humanity. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. God used Noah's family as the means by which the earth would be populated again. Centuries went by. The human race increased in number and the structures of society and culture developed. Things like government, industry, agriculture, the arts, But sin grew along with humanity. The Tower of Babel was humanity's prideful attempt to build their own glory, met by God's judgment of confusion that scattered them and led to the development of nations. Humans came together and used the combined ingenuity of all they had learned to build a tower to the heavens. It was to be a monument to their greatness, an expression of humanity's glory that would stand forever and never be forgotten. God's glory was not considered. It was left in the shadows, which was a direct challenge to God's rightful sovereignty. In judgment, God caused the people to begin speaking in a variety of languages, which made communication impossible and confused everything so that the building project ground to a halt. This caused the people to separate into communities of shared languages, which spread out over the whole earth and led to the development of nations. 
and human history continued on.